Hello, and welcome to this special edition of Spheres of Influence, the podcast that talks about uh, the important spheres of our lives, religion, politics, and culture. Hi, my name is Dennis Sanders. This is an important day in the history of our nation. Um, This is the day that we finally had a verdict um, and some would say accountability uh, in dealing with um, the fallout from last year's um, events that led to the death of um, George Floyd. For the last month or so, um, the uh, trial of Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis police officer, has been ongoing. And in trying to um, basically hold a, a, for once, hold someone in law enforcement accountable uh, for their actions. Um, as many of you know, he uh, offered the former officer Chauvin uh, put his knee on basically on the neck of um, George Floyd for over nine minutes, nine minutes and 29 seconds to be exact. Basically, as I've said before, squeezing the life out of George Floyd. And the jury came back uh, a little after 4 p.m. Central Time today and um, found a Mr. Chauvin guilty on all counts. I think it's important to kind of hear this perspective from... Um, someone who's lived in Minneapolis for the past year. I'm, I've lived in Minnesota for 25 years, most of that here in Minneapolis. Um, the last year has been, I, I think, challenging. We had to see deal, of course, with the aftermath of the killing of, of George Floyd. Um, several parts throughout the Twin Cities that have that were set ablaze. Um riots taking place, um, then kind of dealing with that fallout and what was going to happen with the trial. Um, the last few weeks as we were dealing with the trial and, and then getting closer and closer um, to the closing of the trial and, and dealing with that on top of then yet another um, police shooting, this time of Dante Wright, who um, was shot by uh, Brooklyn Center police. Um, Brooklyn Center, for those who don't live in Minnesota, Brooklyn Center is a suburb of Minneapolis. And so on top of all, and because of that, because of the verdict that was coming up, um, Twin Cities has basically been an armed camp. Um, We've had National Guard um, here, and stationed in different parts throughout the Twin Cities as a precautionary measure. I think some people were not crazy about that. I, I understood it. I had mixed emotions. Um, but we you know what happened earlier in the year uh, or last year and really didn't want to have to go through that type of unrest again. But I want to really just focus on today. Um most of us heard that the jury had reached a verdict somewhere around 2.30 central time. 
Um, I think probably throughout the Twin Cities and probably across the country, people were leaving work early, um, not knowing what was going to happen next. I was actually making my way home um, from the northern suburbs and um, started to hear the verdict as I was driving home, um, almost almost home. And um, I could say I felt a sense of relief. Um, I think it's, be, it's best to say that I think that a little bit of justice happened today. This is not going to change everything. Um, I know some people think that this is a game changer, and maybe it is, but we won't really know that for um, for a while. We'll have to see what will happen with the next case and the next case after that to really see if this is a change. But we know that at least in this case, where we saw this man who basically was murdered in front of people by someone that was supposed to protect um, and serve the public. Um, it, it was important and, and needed. But of course, there are a lot of questions to think about. Um, as I said, it's a little bit of justice because there's still work to be done. Um, one of the things that's interesting is that since 2005, so that's 16 years ago, only seven officers have been charged with murder. Contrast that with a thousand police killings of civilians each year. We still have a long ways to go before we can say that complete justice has happened because I think that there are still problems. And none of this is to say that, and you know, I'm not someone that is an abolish the police kind of person or defund the police. I think you still need a police, a police department of some type. Now, how we police is important. And we need to, I think, as a country, look at how we police and can we do that better? But we still need the police. But we need a police that is more responsible. As someone who is, is African-American, I want a police that in case someone steals my car, I can call them to hopefully f that they can find my car. What I don't want is that if I call them and they come to my house, they shoot me. I want them to be able to do their job without threatening me. And I don't know if that will happen, but this was a bit, like I said, of justice. Maybe one of the more interesting moments um, watching on television was when they um, put Derek Chauvin in handcuffs. Now that was not for me a case of glee. I wasn't cheerful or happy. Um, and to be honest, I'm not necessarily, you know, jumping for joy that this man is going to be spending probably decades in prison. But it was a sense of relief to see him in handcuffs for the, for the sole reason that there was a sense of accountability for once, that there was no technicality. Um, there was no 
trying to look at this from some different viewpoint or to give excuse um, about the um, person that ends up dead, that they did something wrong that caused this. For once, there, was, there seemed to be a sense of accountability in the world, and, and I think that that was important. And I think, you know, we still have a lot to deal with when it comes to the police. You know, we talk, this is, is a, an encounter that ended in a death, a, a killing, but um, there are lots of cases where there isn't a death, but there could have been. Um, in the show notes, I put a link to a fascinating video that was produced by CNN of two uh, friends, a black man and a white woman who live here in the Twin Cities. And it recounted a story, <clears throat> two stories. One was a story of this African-American man who um, was whose encounter with the, the police was captured on a body cam. He was pulled over uh, by the Richfield Police Department. Richfield is a suburb south of Minneapolis. Um, and the police that came to his car had her gun um, on the ready. And they had said that there was a warrant out for his arrest. And so they handcuffed him bring him to the car. They are doing a little bit more of things and uh, find out it wasn't him. Um, contrast that with his friend, who was a woman, um, gets pulled over one evening late at night, and she is spending some time trying to find her um, license and registration. She's being a, kind of emotional about all this, and the police tells her to she can take her time. And I think, you know, the two understood that, that the difference in how they were treated. And, you know, there are people that want to say that this is no big deal or that white people also get killed by cops. And that, that is totally true. That still doesn't erase what's happening. And it still doesn't erase the fact that People are facing um, injustice simply because of the color of their skin. And it is something that we have to find a way to deal with. I don't know what that means. You know, part of it means, I think, re re reform better laws. Like I said, I am not a, a defund the police type of person, but we have to find some way of improving how police interact with civilians, especially civilians of color. The other thing um, that I think is important to talk about, and, and we're not done here in the Twin Cities, because of course we have the three other police who were on the scene who have also been charged Probably in the coming months, we're going to have to deal with Dante Wright um, and possibly a trial for Kim Potter, the uh, Brooklyn Center police that um, shot him, and which was seems to be a case of um, her 
confusing her gun with her taser. We have a lot of things that we're going to have to deal with here in the Twin Cities and in other parts of the country where there are other trials and other things that will be happening. I don't know what's going to happen. I think that there is a, a sense of relief, but we know that the road is long and that there is still a lot that needs to be done. But I want to kind of spend a moment talking about something um, that really bothered me this afternoon. As I was um, looking at Twitter, it was interesting to see um, quote-unquote conservative Twitter. And as someone that is on the center-right, um, it was disturbing. Um, as uh, Benjamin Parker, who writes for The Bulwark, noted, there were a lot of um, right-wing media figures that were not willing to be quote-unquote pro-chauvin, um, but um, so they were anti-anti-chauvin, so, which was similar to the whole anti-anti-Trump, where people could not say that they were pro-Trump. They were too chicken to do that. So they would say some things that they didn't like about Trump, but... They really didn't like the left or or the never Trumpers who, and so they would always kind of talk about that. Which of course, the whole anti-anti is a nice way of saying you're pro, but you're just too cowardly to say that. And I think what has been bothering me and still bothers me is the problem of racism within conservatism. And I know that there are people who will say that conservatism equals racism, and that is not true. However, there is a major problem within conservatism. And I think, of course, Trump years have shown that. And what we have seen is that there is a lot of, of hidden racism. No one will come out and say that they are a racist. No one will say that they don't like black people. But notice among some figures of the very online right who what they say every time that there is a police shooting like this, they will find something, anything of the person that gets shot and killed to somehow say that, well, like with George Floyd, well, there were drugs in his system. So he died of a drug overdose or he did this, or it was this thing that killed him, or he was in a large heart, or they find out something that he was a drug addict, or whatever, what other piece of crazy crap people bring up. Because they don't want to say what they really want to say, is that this person obviously had it coming. Never mind if this person was... If the cop who um, ends up charged with something is guilty, they don't care. What they care about is that they think someone who has my skin color 
is getting away with something. And they're glad that there are police like Chauvin that can keep people like us in our place. And after reading a whole lot of these, I just kind of want to say, and this is probably only going to be the few times I'm going to say a swear word, but I am sick of this shit. I'm really tired of conservatives who will probably swear up and down that they're not racist. But yet, whenever this is something like this happens, they're always trying to blame the black person. They never, ever even want to admit that racism is a problem. And I also have to, to take to task some people who I know are not racist. I think that they are good people, but they don't always acknowledge that race still has a problem here in this country. They want to think that somehow we all marched back in 1964 and that ended everything. And no, it didn't. If many of those people who claim to be Christians and understood a little bit about original sin would know that it, there is still racism out there. It didn't just automatically leave. And I want to see the center-right in this country actually take and be serious when it comes to race. Too often, they either pretend that it's something that happened a long time ago and we don't need to worry about it anymore, or they are just these cold kind of talking about how we don't care about the police or America is a bad place because, of course, we actually held a policeman. God forbid we hold them to account. Conservatism in America has to face up to its racism. And I'm frankly tired of it. I believe in certain conservative principles. I don't believe in them because I think that they are... I believe in them because I think that they are timeless. They belong to everybody, regardless of who we are, regardless of skin color. But too much of conservatism really has, instead of kind of honoring what is good about the past or good about tradition, which is a, a I think, legitimate conservative viewpoint, it becomes trying to find ways to preserve the past, regardless if whether the past was great or wasn't so great for some people. Or it's about trying to protect and not have a large enough government because, God forbid, we want to help those other people who look different from us. It's really time that conservatives, regardless not just the anti-anti trolls, because of course they're never really going to change. But really what I want to see is to see more of the, I think people of good heart, white conservatives, start to call this out. Because frankly, if we don't do that, then this movement really doesn't, doesn't deserve to be an alternative. 
the America that I believe in does not have any any room for racism. And it is time that we stop either trying to excuse it or or when it comes to actually listening or really not listening to African Americans and other persons of color when they talk about some of the the hard things that they deal with in life. What happened to George Floyd was an injustice. He didn't die because he was on a, dr- a drug overdose. He didn't die because of an enlarged heart. He did not deserve this death. Even though we finally came to a verdict, a just verdict, I believe, it doesn't bring back his life. His siblings still don't have their brother. His young daughter doesn't have her father. And that's what this is about. This is about life. Life and death. And if this movement, which I believe is a just movement, cares about freedom, then it damn well better care about the freedom of people who are not white. Because if we do, if you don't, if you're not willing to even have a critical eye on this, then this movement is illegitimate and it doesn't deserve representation. It doesn't deserve to be heard in the halls of government or in schools or what have you. It is time for us to change. I'm sorry if I come across there as a bit upset about that, but, um, just seeing that kind of kind of really bugged me, and um, I've kind of had enough of it. Um, and I think what happened today just kind of proved that it's really time for us to change, uh, for conservatism in America to change and to get a clue. Um, the Republican Party was a party that 50 years ago at least was willing to stand up and vote for the civil rights bill. And um, we can't seem to today have the balls to say when we see injustice happening to someone based on their skin color. Well, I want to thank you. Um, like I said, today was an important day. There are still more days to ahead. And I don't know what will happen in those coming days. I am happy that tonight there is peace in Minneapolis, peace in other parts of the country. And I pray that this is not an aberration, that this will be the first of many good changes that can bring about a more just policing in America. One of the things that I found interesting was in one of the many press conferences that took place um, was something that Benjamin Crump said. And really what he said was something that many of you are familiar with. He spoke those 
beginning and few words from the U.S. Constitution. And um, for some reason, it was just incredibly meaningful. And it was, he simply said these words, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Those words matter. They have mattered for 245 years. I know there are a lot of people that today think that, well, all of these people were just slaveholders and this word, these words meant nothing. But they meant something. They may have not understood what they always meant, but they meant something. And I'm thankful that Mr. Crump shared those words because those words matter. They matter to every one of us, including George Floyd. Thank you for being a part of this special episode. Um, some upcoming episodes, I am going to be doing one on freeways. I am someone that is has, ever since I was a little kid, has loved freeways. And But I want to kind of talk about the interstate highway system, its importance, but also where has it fallen short? One of the problems is, is that it has sometimes built and um, progress and ease at the expense of communities, especially communities of color. So I will be actually, this will be actually an interview. Um, and um, I won't say who it is with yet, but I think it's going to be a good interview uh, and chatting. I'm also trying to line something up, uh, chatting with an expert on foreign policy about the U.S. leaving Afghanistan. What does that all mean? Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Um, one that I'm planning on, I would like to plan to do, I'm hoping I can do, is a interview on neurodiversity. Um, I am uh, someone that has Asperger's, um, which is on the uh, autism spectrum. But I want to kind of talk about neurodiversity and maybe somewhere, some places where it falls short. Um, because while I think the neurodiversity movement has shown that autism, people can have lives um, that are on the spectrum, it sometimes has not always focused on those people who have more severe forms of autism. Um, and there was a good article written about a year and a half ago um, about the, the shortcomings of neurodiversity, and I'm hoping, hoping I can talk to the author about this. So, again, thank you for taking part. Um, I hope that if you can, uh, please consider leaving a um, review um, on, the, on whatever platform you're listening to, whether it's Apple Podcasts or it's uh, Stitcher or Spotify, um, that helps us, that helps me, uh, helps to for people to find uh, this podcast and hopefully to spread the word. So please, if you can leave a review um, and also rate us, that would be great. So that's all for this week. Um, stay tuned. There will be some um, new episodes coming up very soon. 
Take care, everyone. And as I like to always say, Godspeed, especially tonight. Take care. Goodbye.